Hi, I'm Zainab and welcome to Project Millennial, a space for burnt out millennials looking to live life more on their terms. Here we'll be sharing stories and insights from other millennials and also going deeper into topics like personal development, life, career, money and so much more. Essentially, we're moving away from autopilot and making more intentional decisions. So my next guest is Sutra. So Sutra is a Ghanaian and British artist and medical doctor based in London. She's a multi-hyphenate with creative work that explores the art of storytelling, which she presents through her music and her literary work. She has released two music projects and a book of poetry titled Marrow. This is among many other accomplishments that we'll talk about in this episode. Currently, Sutra is a practicing a doctor in the NHS. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Sutra. How are Hello. You doing? I'm very well. How are you? I am great. So we'll jump into it straight away. Can you tell us a little bit about your medical journey? Yes. Um, so I am currently an F5 as of August. Um, I finished medical school in 2016 and then I did my foundation training in Nottingham. Uh, and um, after those two years, I moved back to London. And in my F3 year, I was a clinical fellow in emergency medicine at King's College Hospital. Um, which, funnily enough, is the hospital I was born in. I always say this as like a fun fact. No way! Gang, 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 gang. Um, so yeah, that was a really cool, like, you know, I applied, I applied to it and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to get it. And then I got it and yeah. Um, so did that. And then afterwards, um, I jumped into a master's uh, degree at Imperial, which I've only just finished last month. Um, So yeah, it's been quite a few, it's been a busy two years since my foundation training and here I am just locuming at the moment and applying to specialty training. So was that always my journey. Was that always your plan to take uh, sort of those three years out? Um, Yes, it was. By the end of F2, I was completely burnt out by the, I'd say by the uh start of f2 really i really loved my f1 it was i was with an incredible group of people i was working at an incredible hospital um it was challenging as all f1s are but i loved it i loved the adrenaline and the learning new things and finding out my strengths um but my f2 um required me to move out of the city into the sticks basically And so that was a less enjoyable experience. Um, And it was, you know, more difficult kind of balancing that with a difficult rotor with not much to do socially. Um, And yeah, so definitely in my F2, I was like, oh gosh, I need a break. I really do need a break. And I hadn't had a gap year before uh, med school. So I'd just gone straight into it from A-levels. I'd been doing the six years, all of that. And um, yeah, so I knew I knew I wasn't going to apply when all my friends were applying to like GP or whatever. I was like, no, I'm going to sit this one out. Um, I didn't think, to be honest, I have so many interests outside of medicine that there was always a chance that I would pivot or or leave. Um, so for me, it's more surprising that I'm applying to specialty training now. <laughs> and it's also surprising to me that I did a master's because... Um, 
yeah, I love to learn and that that seems like a good fit, but I didn't think I'd find something within science or within mm-hmm. medicine for me that would suit me and my all my multiple interests. So it's been an interesting journey for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you applied you you did um masters in communications, is that right? In science communication, yeah. Could you tell us a little yeah. bit about that? Yeah, so science communication is a, I'll tell you how I heard about it. I was working and there was a friend of mine who was locuming. She wasn't my friend before she came there, but we became friends. And she was doing this master's program and saying, Imperial have this thing and it's this degree where um, you get to be super creative and the more creative you are, the more they want you. And it's studying (laughs) communication. So all aspects of human communication and interaction Um, from, you know, storytelling through radio, film, documentary, um, museum and art curation to things like government policy, um, scientific research and ethics, philosophy, all of that, all aspects of human thinking and thought processing and communicating that, you know, to the audience and back and within the science uh, community. That was what this degree was. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to look into it. I'm in the middle of my clinical fellowship and I might go into A&E training. I might not. Why not? Let's have a look. And I looked at the specifications. It's a one year program full time or two years if you do it part time. And I thought to myself, is this could this happen for me? Really, really? But it just sounded like this thing which welcomed creativity. And that was a very new thing for me. Um, I have all these other passions. Well, I have all these passions, I'll say. Medicine hadn't been a passion for me. Um, And my passions were in music, in film, in storytelling, and and in people, in bringing people together. Um, And so it, it seemed like a good fit. And I applied... Um, just at the very last minute and I had my interview and I wasn't quite sure what I was going into. <laughs> I just liked the sound of it and I liked Imperial and I was like, why not? And from the first day I, I started there, I knew it was the right thing for me and it's been life-changing. So That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. So you, yeah. so the whole year, I mean, did you do it for a year or two years? Yes, I did it full time crazy I know I did it full-time whilst working as a locum as well um Mm. so I left my job my clinical fellowship I didn't renew my contract um after the six-month initial period I'd signed I'd uh, signed on for and I started the master's um that month I think or the month after yeah so what do you think it's sort of given you now that you've completed it oh gosh um I think doing the masters opened my mind up in ways that it had, um, I'd say it had become less open to. Um, Medical school for me was, started off really great, really fun, you know, really exciting. And I think at that time, I know things have changed now, but at that time being doing anything outside of medicine wasn't very welcome. People weren't, didn't really have that lateral, that ability to think laterally and outside of the box in terms of a medical career or what a doctor looks like or does. And I remember during medical school, I was, I had a blog, I was gigging, I all sorts of things. And um, a consultant on one of my placements sat us all down and was like, okay, so what's everyone's, you know, hobbies that they do, you know, icebreaker or whatever. And everyone had their little, you know, 
I play rugby, I whatever. And then I go with all my this and that and this and that. And he was quite critical. He was like, you know, medicine should be your um, everything first and foremost. I think like you should, these things should just be hobbies. Like he was quite critical. Um, and this is not someone who was like a supervisor or who knew me or anything like that. And particularly at that time, I really cared what people said. Um, I had my own self-belief when I went into medical school, but by the end of it, I really, I had a shrivel of what I'd had before. It was this constant hammering to try and get me to, I felt like to try and get me to look like and be like everyone else, which I wasn't. Um, And what my master's program did was it gave me an experience of academia, which was different from my medical school experience, where I was accepted for who I am and encouraged as I am and kind of pushed to be better than I was and um, not just medically or scientifically but also you know holistically um, and so that that was what it gave me and it also opened up my eyes to all the opportunities outside of medicine that exist because I've learned transferable skills for example doing a documentary which I can do I can use within medicine I can use outside of medicine, I can use in the arts, I can work in TV, whatever, whatever. And that's one module of so many. Um, Mm. So it made me believe in myself again. um, And it made me feel valid again, in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Quite I mean, like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I see what you're saying, because I do think sort of the tone has changed in medicine a little bit over the last sort of several years from when I guess we were in medicine, because like I remember also blogging at the time and there not being that med- many medical bloggers. Yeah. And I think it was very much a, a thing that you would do anonymous, anonymously or secretly. But nowadays you have like Instagram doctors, you have Instagram, you have doctors who are YouTubers. Mm-hmm. So like the scope of being a doctor and something else definitely feels like it is opened much more. Yeah. Um, so yeah i i can i can almost guarantee like i mean i can almost relate to that doctor saying that thing that saying that to you because i do yeah. think that was and probably still a lot of people might still have that mindset today um but i i get what that feeling of feeling like you have to because i do think it medical school kind of starts to like narrow your thinking a little bit so mm-hmm. that you can only become a doctor and only work in a certain way mm-hmm. yeah so it's i'm, I'm happy you had that experience because it sounds amazing yeah, it was. It was. It really was. <laughs> okay, yeah. so now to talk about your other passions, because you mm-hmm. do so much, like it's hard to keep up. So you have your book, Marrow. Could you tell yes. me a little bit about why you decided to write and publish a book? Um, Gosh, why did I? A lot of the stuff that I do um, creatively is very instinctive. Um, It's just I feel like it's the time for something and I do it. Um, I was in my F2 year in that, you know, in the sticks, it was a difficult year and very isolated, but in a very beautiful kind of natural setting. And, um, at that time as well, I was going through a bunch of stuff, difficult life stuff. And I thought for me, writing's always been an outlet. Music's always been an outlet. It's been a way of me kind of processing what's happening outside externally and internally and yeah making sense of it all and so 
naturally the book just happened I'd kind of been writing by that point my blog had had ended but I'd been writing and performing poetry for a while and so I had this a couple of poems that I'd written I guess the heart behind it was I know I'm not on my own um I know I'm not the only one who's felt isolated or lonely or is coming to terms with their identity and you know trying to figure out life and things like that um and so that was kind of where it came from um I wrote it for myself but for people as well to relate to so another passion of yours is music and I guess poetry really Mm -hmm. sort of ties in nicely with music am I right yeah 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 it's like songwriting it is songwriting when did you like start to become a musician and start to record like your songs and things like that uh so when did I take it more seriously was that was in medical school actually um in my first year I think towards the end of my first year I did my first open mic which was amazing um and then I taught myself guitar and I um started gigging more in my second year and my third year and then um in my fourth year um took a step back from gigging because I felt like I was losing myself a bit I was getting quite a bit of interest um and I felt like I wasn't quite ready to um I felt like it'd be easy for someone to change who I was Mm -hmm. if I if I had responded to that interest at that time so I took a step back and decided to go into um to teach myself production basically electronic production so I was using the software and then my style of music then changed it was less acoustic folky and more like electronic like soul type thing and um yeah so that was in my fourth year of med school that's 2014 and then in 2015 I released my first music uh project and it was a mixtape called The Art of Being and I released that literally whilst I'd be on placements and lectures I'd go straight to the studio between it was crazy when I look back on it I'm just like wow wow how interesting (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, that was literally it. It was um, lectures, placement, finish at five or six, go straight to the studio, be there till nine or ten. And I was doing this for about a month or two months. Um, bearing in mind, m- not many people knew me. People who who I'd grown up with didn't really know me as like a singer or a musician or as anything like that. I was really shy with my voice when I was younger. Um and so the mixtape came out and I was so scared, so panicked, and it did incredibly well. It was picked up by BBC Radio Wales like the day after and it just opened up a whole new world. It was crazy. But then medical school. So your girl couldn't just leave medical school and go on her dreams, you know, go tour the world and stuff like that. Why that not? was my first well on reflection it was good that I didn't um but at that time I was towards the end of medical school and it it felt like I could finish and then you know do all the stuff I wanted to do um it was really important to me to have something like to have a degree um and on reflection I'm really glad that I didn't leave at that time although it's meant my music career has been on hold <laughs> in the ways that I thought it wouldn't have been on hold um 
yeah it's it's really it's really a blessing especially with covid and stuff you know if i wasn't a doctor if i was relying on an alternative source of income you know it, it might be a lot more difficult for me um mm. to have that freedom to make my choices so um mm. yeah. So, yeah so i guess now you you have more leverage because you have the degree you can locum mm-hmm. and you can also do this as well you can also do your music as well yeah you know we were saying before we started this that i am i i'm off instagram detoxing and it's it's for clarity social media for me just really fuzzes things up <laughs> um and one of the things i've been clear on is that i haven't had the time to do the things that give me life in the last couple of years because of medicine and it's been really frustrating and it was enough for me to leave the profession um quite recently actually um but now i've done a complete u turn where i'm convinced that i can try and make this work for me make medicine work for me and i think it took the pandemic to help me view things that way so i've mm-hmm. actually just applied for specialty training um gp training actually mm-hmm. i i was a complete snob with <laughs> gps so i'm sorry if anyone's a gp watching this i'm about to be one of y'all maybe um but i was a complete snob because i was like any 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 like uh, i'm going to i'm the one at the front of the line i'm the one saving the lives the adrenaline i'm the one they see <laughs> it was very narcissistic um <laughs> but then i realized that actually i need to work life balance and for all that i want to do it makes sense to have a career like gp which offers you so much mm. um as well as work life balance so That's a plot twist. Didn't expect that. <laughs> That's really interesting yeah. because I was watching um Dr. Alex's YouTube channel and he's actually made the same decision. Oh, has he? Yeah, so um he he was very much an A&E person as well, but he's yeah. decided to apply for GP for GP training. And I think it's yeah, I think I think the way the NHS is set up right now like GP training or just being a GP gives you so much more flexibility and more flexibility and mm-hmm. opportunities and when i was working there were so many GP registrars who were acting as middle grade A&E registrars so you mm. really get like the best of both worlds i feel so you'd still be able yeah. to have that A&E um aspect if you wanted to yeah absolutely mm. and i think i i was very close to relocating um it was going to be leaving medicine pivoting into something else um and leaving the uk actually until 3 days or 2 days ago um <laughs> and i think <laughs> can you tell us um, a bit more about that please <laughs> well before <laughs> so i i was um i'm i'm gone in mm. um originally um and for me that's where i feel even more connected mm-hmm. and i really wanted to try living there as an adult and see um you know how that would shape me and i felt like i wasn't growing in the uk that was the biggest thing for me i felt like i got to a point where i, I wasn't growing anymore and for me growth was important um so i was considering doing that um but then with how as uncertain as things are right now with economies with jobs with the state of the world with travel um it just makes more sense to kind of um wait 
and to position myself in a you know better so that it's easier for me to move and makes more sense to move a bit later on you know so let's talk about pole therapy could you tell mm-hmm. us the the aim of pole <clears throat> therapy and what you wanted to achieve with it it's a digital social wellness space it's this community on instagram where we get to um, talk about difficult topics um, where we get to have educational sessions on things from mental health to identity to just life really um, but in a way that's informal and in a way that feels familiar um, and in a way that challenges people to think differently or to think more deeply. Pole therapy was um, a thing I started in my F2 year. There's a lot of stuff that comes out of being isolated <laughs> or going yeah or being isolated or going through like a difficult time or you know there's a lot that happens from that one of the things was I realized the importance of community it wasn't a new realization but it was like a deeper understanding of its importance um and so I started having these sessions on my personal Instagram page where um I'd spark conversation on topics I thought were more important than you know what coffee do you like or what's the latest fashion trend these are all important stuff girl but i felt like there were deeper stuff that were getting swept under the rug on social media now obviously you've got like everyone's talking about mental health and wellness and health blah 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 but we're talking back in 2018 it was still pretty new to be talking about those things on an extensive platform on social media so i started on my um own page and we I'd start like talking about I don't know um grief or grieving and I figured a good way to get people to interact or respond in a safe way would be to have polls so there'd be questions or there'd be things like have you ever felt this way or you know do you think this way and there'd be a simple poll yes or no and so people would have the advantage of being anonymous to everyone else I obviously could see who they were and whether they were part of the majority or minority in the ways that they think. One of the issues or one of the difficulties with mental health um, or just generally with with being is that we tend to think we are the exception in our struggles or in the ways that we view life or um, the ways that we process things. So pole therapy, what it did or does is it was able to remind people that they were part of something bigger and that their thinking wasn't that different from everyone else um and so that's how it started and then in 2019 it it gained traction on my page and in 2019 I decided to give it its own kind of um Instagram platform um rebranded it and stuff like that um and yeah that was how pole therapy came into being with how things have been with yeah with how busy things have been this year it's had to take a step back in the last two months um, mainly because I was doing it all on my own um, for the most for the most part. Um, and whilst I was doing my dissertation <laughs> with my master's degree, it was like, this is too much. Um, so that's currently on hold until the end of this year. And then hopefully we'll be coming back bigger and better um, on social media. Mm, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, that's, that's and- it. Anyone who wants to check out Pole Therapy, it is at poletherapy.com. So over the next year or so, like where 
you, you mentioned perhaps pole therapy will come out a bit more, but any other exciting mm -hmm. plans for the future? Yes. What can I tell you and what can't I tell you? For those who can't see me, I'm smiling, by the way. That wasn't just a yes, end of conversation. <laughs> um, uh, hmm. Well, I can give you little, little bits. Um, I'm relocating to Ghana um, next month um, until I start GP, GP training. Um towards the end of next year um there's a lot more i want to do creatively um i want to get back to my last my ep came out in 2018 and it's time for the next project so my third one and mm -hmm. um, i'm going to be working on that in the new year and working on my second music film uh, my first one came out in 2018 during my f2 year by the way that was fun that was really fun um I've grown a lot since then and um, I don't think we've talked about my music film or my filmmaking um, yet, but it is something that's more of a newer passion of mine mm -hmm. um, and I'm hoping to explore it more uh, this year. Next I year, I mean, not this year. I don't, I don't think I knew that you did filmmaking. Mm. Okay. I did. I have a, a music film that came out. Um, in 2018 from my songs that were on my music project at that time and um it got picked up by a film festival in san francisco i had to fly out for the the festival it opened the festival it won an award um best narrative short film or something like that um and then it got picked up by the bfi film festival last year as well but between San Francisco and BFI, um, it's also been screened in Tokyo, in Yaoundé, in London, um, through um, a different uh, film thing called Ya Photo. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been to lots of places, and it's on YouTube actually. Maybe I should have taken it down and made it more exclusive after that but it's <laughs> still on youtube i'm gonna have a look i'm gonna have a hunt for this and if i find it yeah it's on my <laughs> put it on the uh, description that's incredible mm, it's on my website um yeah how have i missed this i need to look at it <laughs> i'm so honored to have you here with us <laughs> <laughs> no i'm honored this is great this is great honestly so yeah, what, another question is like, how were you able to fit all of this in? Yep. I get this question all the time. All the time. Um, <clears throat> I think it'd be great if I had a really eloquent answer. You know, I wake up at 5 a.m. every morning, I go for a run and then I sit down and it comes to me. No. <laughs> um, how do I find the time? For me... Art is a form of survival. So if I'm not making music, if I'm not making music, if I'm not doing writing or dancing or expressing, I'm not really here. Um, and so even in medical school, music was my way of coping. Music was my way of processing, you know. Um, 
that experience and so I couldn't have got through it without the music if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and maybe in some ways the music wouldn't have happened in the ways that it did if I hadn't gone to medical school there had to be that push um so yeah it's a it's it's not something I am I guess I'm I'm organized with my time I guess I unfortunately compromise on things like sleep I compromise on things like you know, staying, you know, relationships, like staying in touch, seeing my friends and family all the time, etc. Um, but I guess I also compromise on having a smoother ride, if that makes sense. There's the constant kind of, oh my gosh, why am I so different? Or, oh my gosh, why can't I just stick to the straight and narrow? For example, the conveyor belt, that's medicine. <laughs> why can't I just be the same as the majority in this particular field or whatever, why do I have to be so unconventional? And I think if I wasn't doing all those things, I maybe would be less stressed, mm. um, you know? Um, but maybe I wouldn't have all these exciting things that I get to share and talk about. So in a nutshell, I do it all because I have to do it all. That's how I feel. I have to do it. It's, it's like breathing to me and I just make it happen. Yeah. Why did you, what made you apply to medicine? I, for me, I wanted to hear people's stories. That was it. When I was, a, how old was I when I thought about medicine? I was 10 or 11. And for me, it was like, I want to do medicine because I want to hear people's stories and I want to be there for people and I want to give them hope and talk to them. It was never really, I love science. no. It was about the people. And that's how I've decided that actually specialty training is, for me, is something that would I should go into because the people are what have sustained me this long. Um, and it's what kind of, it's a recurring theme in the stuff I do, pull therapy and doing a book and music, whatever. Bringing people together, you know. Um, that for me, there was something about seeing people at their weakest and being able to offer them something or being able to be more to them in a moment um even if not through your you know medical prowess or whatever just being there that was one of the things that kind of drew me to medicine and for me the body is art you know the body is poetry and i was interested i was like how does this work what it was more that than a kind of scientific, like, I love research or I love the physics of the body. No, it was, there's an art here and I want to learn about it. I'm curious about it. Why is it so different between people? Why is it so different between ages? It felt like a language that I wanted to know. And it is a language, um, to be honest. So that was what pulled me to medicine. And also there was nothing else I could see myself doing professionally. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like I wanted to go into finance or, you know, law or anything like that. It, it really did feel like this is for me. This is what, um, this is my path. And even though that sure, that certainty changed over the years, I've come all the way 360 back to it to that realization that this is for me mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep going with it. Was there something so. that made you come back to that realization? Um, 
again, I think it's it's the people, you know. As I've been a locum, I've realised it's not for me. Um, I need that sense of connection, like belonging to something. Um, not just belonging to a hospital, but belonging to a unit, a team of people that do something for a particular, you know, group of people or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't think that that awareness ever went away completely. It went just went to the back of my mind instead of the forefront. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much for that. No worries. I hope that made sense. I don't think I've expressed it like that before. Thanks so much to Sutra for coming on. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll leave all the links to Sutra's work in the description part of this podcast episode. Let me know what your biggest takeaways were and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye!